Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Getty Lee to keep singing. What's going on, everybody? And uh, welcome on this uh, Easter Sunday here on uh, AM 970, The Answer. We're still having a a few little uh, studio problems here, uh, but hopefully we will get them resolved soon enough. Uh, The Enemy Within Rush's Grace Under Pressure album came out on uh, April the 12th. 1984, it is probably one of my favorite Rush albums. I think I think it's a toss-up between this album and Signals, uh, but I think this one is the one that I listen to more than I do to Sign- Signals. And I know that there are a lot of people that don't like the Rush synthesizer era. Well, I happen to like it. And I can listen to this album from beginning to end and never, ever, ever get bored. It's going to be almost uh, two years from now. It'll be 40 years. That this album came out. Listen, we've got a great show for you tonight. We've got news and notes to get to. Uh, a guest that's going to be joining us for two segments from his brewery. Um, I can give you the whole thing about following me on social media, but listen, you, you guys know the drill by now. So I want to dive right into it. Uh, coming up in 10 minutes, Tim Pewitt, the brewmaster, co-owner of Wet Ticket Brewing, is going to join me. Been a while since we've chatted with Tim. Uh, we sat down at the brewery for two segments uh, this past week on uh, Wednesday. And uh, we have uh, we get into a lot of different things, so you'll want to stay tuned for that coming up 10 minutes from now. Now, the big news right off the bat, it is official. New York State restaurants and bars can now legally sell alcohol to go. Governor Kathy Hochul announced Saturday legislation allowing uh, drink, uh, takeout drinks has become law uh, as part of the 2023 state budget. Under the new legislation, patrons need to order food in order to purchase alcohol to go. And the drinks need to be in sealed containers. Bottle sales are prohibited. To-go drinks became a critical revenue stream for bars and restaurants during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, The new law expires in three years, at which time state lawmakers will decide whether to make it permanent. Now, the folks from uh, uh, the New York City Craft Brewers uh, Guild, um, it hasn't been signed into law yet. It's almost there. Maybe by this time, by this airtime, it has already been signed, but as of... Uh, Tuesday, uh, um, the 12th of April, it has not been signed. Um, so they wanted to, um, they wanted to clarify a, a couple of things. Uh, in addition to the required substantial food item that beverage manufacturers tap rooms may be excluded from this at first. 
uh, they feel that it's not okay because they want requiring a full liquor license to participate is unnecessarily exclusionary. So stay tuned. So they want you to reach out. Uh, these these tap rooms want they want people to reach out to the state legislatures to make sure that um, that this is taken care of. So if you're a tap room that has food, um, you need to be careful here. Um, because I, I don't know if this is going to apply to everyone, so I hope that they have some clarification here. And uh, once they get all that straightened out, we'll bring you that information uh, as soon as we get it. But it's good news for bars and restaurants uh, around New York City. Lunar, the first Asian-American craft hard seltzer made with real fruits from Asia, has announced they've expanded their distribution across the New York City metropolitan area. Uh, Lunar is now available in many notable retailers, including all Trader Joe's, Total Wine, Fairway, Brooklyn Fair, Food Bazaar, Sunrise Mart, H Mart, and Danob across the New York metropolitan area uh, can be found at over 200 locations, restaurants included on the menu, and an array of acclaimed restaurants such as uh, Sagaponic, DND, Nomwa, Red Paper Clip, and Wenwen. Uh, Sean Rowe, the co founder of Lunar, says it's crazy to think just over a year ago we were still homebrewing from our apartments in Manhattan with friends and early adopters giving us feedback on our formulation. And sourcing. So if you're a fan of Lunar Hard Seltzer, you'll be able to find it across the New York City metropolitan area. Uh, a, a hard liquor that I am actually, um, or a hard lemonade that I'm actually excited to purchase because I got a can of this last year and it was phenomenal. Um, Cape May Brewing, excited to announce their boardwalk style hard lemonade. It will be distributed in 12-ounce cans in a newly designed can wrap starting this month. Hard Lemonade, Cape May Brewing's um, second release in the non-beer sector of alcoholic beverages following the release of their Hard Seltzer Variety Pack last year. Hard Lemonade, 5% ABV, made with lemon juice, cane sugar, and alcohol for a beverage that is balanced and refreshing. This was released last year for their 10th anniversary. I got a can of it, and I have to tell you, I loved it. It is definitely a refreshing summer drink, um, and I am certainly going to stock um, my, uh, my, my beer fridge with at least a six-pack of this, whether it's a four-pack or a six-pack, I'm definitely going to get it because it is definitely an off-the-pace type of drink, uh, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, distribution in New Jersey will begin later this month, and then <clears throat> excuse me, it'll be distributed throughout eastern Pennsylvania and Delaware shortly, so that's really cool. Storm Along Cider. It's a Massachusetts-based cidery. Announced the release of a new spring-summer seasonal cider, Tropical Voyage, made with pineapple and guava. It'll clock in at 5.8% ABV. It's available now, just in time for spring, and it'll have you sipping your way through summer. It's available in 16-ounce four-packs at select bars and restaurants and retail locations throughout Massachusetts, Maine, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, Connecticut, and Los Angeles County. Uh, Unfortunately, it's not in the New York, New Jersey area. And then some interesting information uh, from the folks at um, the Brewers Association. Craft beer volumes grew 8% in 2021, recovering from uh, the pandemic hit of 2020. The figures released this week by uh, the Brewers Association show that small and independent breweries collectively produced 24.8 million barrels of beer, realized 8% growth against the backdrop of 1% volume growth in the overall beer market. It allowed Kraft to increase its share of the overall beer market by volume to 13.1%, up from 12.2% the previous year. However, um, the obviously there was a lag in 2019. Then we come into the pandemic and there was the issue, obviously. But it's still behind, and we've seen some craft breweries shut their doors. Um, the supply chain is going to be an issue. Pricing is going to be a problem with aluminum cans and uh, getting certain grains and things of that nature. So I think you're going to see more issues 
as we move forward, as opposed to sort of um, things getting back to almost normal. I think the aluminum can thing is going to be a big issue. I also think the grain problem is going to be a big issue. And I'm waiting to see what brewery in New Jersey ups their four-packs to $18 a four-pack or $20 a four-pack on a regular, consistent basis, when maybe that, that four-pack of $20 was maybe 16 uh, a year ago. Or maybe it was 18 We'll see. As soon as somebody does it, everyone else is going to do it. Um, on Tuesday, April 5th, Modern Times uh, posted a blog titled An Update on the Immediate Future of Modern Times. Uh, spoke of the difficult two years that they've had. Basically said the bank, which has monitored the company's finances right now, is going to have a, re- a court-ordered receivership sale of Modern Times. So they're going to end up selling the company. The bank is going to force them to sell the company in order to meet their debt obligations. Um, and I, I think, to me, the bigger problem is with Modern Times, they should have been more forthcoming about this. They, they seem to be forthcoming when things are good, but when things aren't so good, there's kind of a lag there, and that's not a good feeling. I do hope that if, if that is the case, that they're going to put in a receivership for sale, that somebody comes along and purchases the company that actually wants to keep the company open and keep the employees there. They seem to be doing a great job. Um, so this would be a shame. I mean, I'm planning on being out there in November uh, and would love to hit up Modern Times because I like their beer and I like their atmosphere. But we will see what happens. So as soon as we have uh, more information on that, we will let you know. And then finally... Two weeks after being awarded $56 million by a, by a federal court jury in its trademark infringement case against Molson Coors uh, related to the conglomerate's rebranding of its Keystone products, Stone Brewing is now on the other end of such a suit. Thursday, April 7th, the summons was filed in U.S. District Court for the Western District of North Carolina by Sycamore Brewing. That Charlotte-based brewing interest is suing Stone for using the tagline, Keep It Juicy. Now, according to public records... Sycamore Brewing filed for registration of the Keep It Juicy mark with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office in May of 2020. Trademark officially registered on August 24, 2021. Company uses the phrase on packaging and advertising for its hazy juiciness IPA. Stone Brewing has also used the phrase, has also been associated with and limited to its Stone Hazy IPA. That launched on August 26th of last year. Taglines and messaging for the beer have varied over the past eight months. So, uh, this is, uh, you know, kind of, hey, we did it first. You need to cease and desist. So we will see what happens here, uh, what goes on. Sycamore has been around since 2014. It's one of North Carolina's largest craft brewery companies. Beers are distributed by 24 distributors to eight states. Stone Brewing General Counsel Josh Weiss responded when reached for comment. He said, Sycamore's complaint was the first time we had heard of this issue. We disagree with the allegations, but we'll investigate the matter and take action if appropriate and in keeping with our consistent policy of respect for brand rights. So uh, as soon as we have more information on this, we will let you know. My best guess, Stone will drop the Keep It Juicy. Just leave it at that. It's a hazy IPA and come up with a different name. I think the the fact that it's been filed in the U.S. Patent Office by Sycamore Brewing and was approved, I think, is the proof that they need. But we shall see. And when we have more news on that, we will absolutely Letting you know. Now, when we come back after a short break, my good friend Tim Pewitt, the brewmaster and co-owner of Wet Ticket Brewing, is going to join me on the program from Wet Ticket in Rowway, New Jersey. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM970 The Answer. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM970 The Answer. You can follow me on Twitter very easily at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. 
Of course, Google Play and iTunes, or actually it's Google Podcasts, not Google Play anymore. They change the names all the time. You just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can find the shows on those platforms. Alexa Ready as well. Odyssey.com. We're also on iHeartRadio. Do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can download the podcast there. And we're also on the Hopped Up Network. Just go to the hoppedupnetwork.com. You can check out the podcast version of this show. Usually Monday mornings, a couple minutes after the show ends, it pops up, and you'll be able to download it and listen to it at your leisure. Now, we are coming to you tonight from Wet Ticket Brewing. It's my neighborhood brewery located in Rahway, New Jersey. My next guest, along with his partner, Al Povaleski, have been open now for five years. Even though lots of things have changed due to time and COVID, their beers remain consistently good. And I'll be honest, it's always a pleasure to chat with the gentleman in front of me. More info for the brewery, wetticketbrewing.com, or you can head over to their Facebook page or Instagram as well. Let me welcome back to the program Tim Pewitt. Tim, good day to you, sir. How are you? Very good. I'm hanging out. It's, uh, what is it, Wednesday, actually. I'm drinking beer with a friend. Exactly. We are enjoying the uh, Pursuit of a Paradise Mexican Lager. It's a 4.9% ABV. It is, as I like to call it, an elevated Corona. It is a delicious beer. I'm actually going to take a sip right now. Mmm. Excellent. Cheers on that, Tim. So many changes since we last talked, um, a lot of it having to do with the pandemic. So let's start there. Due to the pandemic, you had to repurpose some space uh, to allow for outdoor drinking in the beer garden. And I am putting that in air quotes as a beer garden. Everybody wants to name it. It's basically a uh, backyard driveway that you put a couple of uh, tables and chairs out and some tents, but it worked. Um, but it allowed you to stay open beyond just takeout. It seems to be a more permanent part of the business now as we move forward with music and, and you know people wanting to be out there in the nice weather. Is there more that you want to do back there or are you going to leave it uh, as is? Well, for this year, we, we, do, we are going to do another tent. We're excited. Uh, that seemed to be a real boon to our business. People enjoyed being outside. You know, there was even some people, you know, that would call, you know, looking for outdoor space. And they weren't going to come if you didn't have it. So it was great to have it. We had uh, some really great bands uh, last summer. We have a great lineup this year. And uh, we're really looking forward to it. We're, we're looking forward to a really, really big summer. Very cool. Very cool. Now, the other big change uh, is using BeerBroadcast.com for placing beers on there to order from time to time. Again, a byproduct of the pandemic. Um, will you be using them more to expand the reach uh, of your beers for pre-order? Once in a while, we will. You know, we actually, we thought about it. We just released a, uh, an extension of the Taste Like brand. I think you're familiar with the Taste Like Summer Watermelon Wheat. Absolutely. So we came out with uh, Taste Like the Tropics, Mango Wheat, and we released that last week, and it was uh, based on the sales, the enthusiasm, the excitement here at the brewery. It's been a really a, a kind of a smash hit for us. So we actually had considered doing it on Beer Broadcast, but, you know, sometimes you do it, sometimes you don't, and j- just see how it goes. We're talking with Tim Pewitt. He's one of the owners and brewmaster of Wet Ticket Brewing. They're making great beer right here in the heart of Rahway, New Jersey. It's a great, you know, listen, if you're coming from New York City and you want to visit the brewery, very easy. Hop on New Jersey Transit, Northeast Corridor, North, uh, North Jersey Coastline. Take it down. It's about six stops. You get off. You walk a couple blocks from the train. Fantastic place, and uh, they always have a good time. They're open Wednesday through Sunday. More info on the brewery, wetticketbrewing.com. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So I want to move on to that test ticket beer. It's, it's become now a canned summer offering. The watermelon beer, a huge hit, but I will be straight with you, and, and you know that I always am, Tim. I think the mango version could be even bigger. Uh, was the thinking behind that a sort of take on a cheeseburger in paradise, Jimmy Buffett-style drink? Well, we definitely wanted to make it a you know, lifestyle. If you take a look at the label, the label with the, uh, 
you know, with the bird on it and the palm trees and kind of the sunset in the, in the background. So absolutely, we were trying to, we were trying to look for it. We just wanted to make it fun. And I, the, one of the funnest things for that beer is, I think you know, usually just about everything we do, we do what we call our test ticket. We have a little 10-gallon pilot system in the back. We usually do one. This one, we really played around with it. We did three different versions of it, really listened to what everybody had to say um, in terms of what the, we did one that was a little more highly hopped. We uh, played around with a couple of different yeast strains, different uh, forms of the mango, um, and getting everybody's input and using it to come up with uh, what we did, that's the fun of the whole process for me. It really is. Because when you can dial in on a beer that, that just tastes right, it's a great feeling to have, much like a, much like a chef when he perfects a recipe, right? It, it is. And this isn't really a, a complicated. It's like making a cheeseburger. You brought up the Jimmy Buffett recipe. You know, anybody can make a good cheeseburger. You know, this is a simple wheat beer recipe, but I think it's really just, you know, the balance. You know, the ABV uh, was one of the things we really wanted to look at. We wanted to make sure it was something you can have a couple. When I'm sitting around, you know, in the, in the backyard by the pool with my wife, you know, if I have two trolley hoppers, 7% New England IPAs, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm buzzed, you know. So that uh, having this, something that's 4.7, you can have a few in the course of an afternoon was, was really what we were going for. Biggest change for you during the pandemic, canning more beer or figuring out a way to keep the lights on? Uh, the canning more beer. I mean, business actually was, was very good. I mean, we really, volume-wise, was pretty much... Uh, we were, we still, we still grew. And that was really due to the, you know, people's response to the, the, the can business. You know, whether through the, uh, back door, the wholesale business, through our liquor store partners, or through, uh, you know, releases and the beers that we had here. Uh, we had a couple of days here, you know, in the worst of this pandemic. When, uh, we had the tables here, we could open the front door, and we would have beer releases, and, uh, there were lines you know, out the door and uh, walk down and and talk to some of the people, you know, just say hi. And uh, it really, it it humbled me how how much these people were here to support us. And then just even thinking about it now, it kind of makes me break up a little because, you know, these people believe in us. They were out here waiting in line, you know, for for our beer. You know, how do you respond to that? No, just say thank you. Thank you. It's a great, it's a great feeling, and and one of the things that I love about the beer business is everybody kind of pulls together to help out. I wish more people would do that in other small businesses and kind of come together. But it's great uh, that it happens uh, within this beer business. And I remember seeing some of those lines when I was here, uh, you know, waiting for a release. We're talking with Tim Pewitt, one of the owners, brewmaster of Wet Ticket Brewing. We're here in the brewery right now, making great beer out of Rawway, New Jersey. More info on the brewery at wetticketbrewing.com. Uh, here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. One more question for me, Tim, before we take a break, uh, as we chat with Tim here at Wet Ticket Brewing. The labor market, in a lot of ways has taken a huge hit. People changing jobs, leaving jobs, et cetera. Have you experienced any of those issues here? Well, in, in a tasting room, you know, knock on wood, we've actually been very, very lucky. Uh, the, the, we, we make the beer, and we think we make some pretty good, good beer, but the atmosphere that the people create who work in the tasting room, you know, it, it's a special thing. I mean, people come in here, you know, I rarely see anybody say anything negative about their experience at Wet Ticket Brewing. It's, it's, it's always positive. And that, that's not me, and that's not my partner, Al. You know, that's, that's the people working behind the bar here. Yeah, we just lost a, uh, a, a brewer here. 
and uh, he went on to some other place, but it's all good. I'm proud of him. So, you know, or we went out and hired somebody, but it's tough to find somebody, you know. Do you think that that's more of, because we're seeing more people leaving jobs and taking other jobs, and now there was a report earlier uh, this week where they were, People who had taken new jobs during the pandemic now have suddenly decided, oh, well, that's not for me and move on to the next one. I mean, that, that has to be a problem when trying to retain people. Well, you know, for, for us, I think what it is is, you know, we, we've generally, our model is, you know, we have uh, myself and, and Sean and we try to, you know, groom somebody else and bring them, bring them along. Um, but I think what, you know, what has happened is, you know, we can't afford to have kind of two head brewers. Sean is... In, for all intents and purposes, the head brewer here. You know, I'm there for basically for moral support, recipe development. But he's back there making a beer, and he does a damn good job at it. But it used to be we could go out and hire somebody and say, hey, listen, we're, we're looking for somebody. We'll break you, break you into the beer business. We'll pay you whatever, you know, 15 bucks an hour. You'll get to learn, you know. You, but those people aren't there anymore, you know, not at that rate anymore. And that's, and that's tough. That's tough to, uh, you know, it's a good learning experience. And I think what people forget is part of the journey is about the learning experience. You get that learning experience. You could take your talent to the next place, or maybe something happens at the place that you're at and you kind of slide in and, uh, and, and make something of it. That's important. Listen, we're going to take a quick break. Then we're going to have more with co-owner and brewmaster Tim Pewitt from a beautiful Rawway, New Jersey, wet ticket brewing. Listen, if you, if you, you, you got to come here. It's a great place. There's some there's some great dining options. Uh, you know, a couple of doors away, you can get food. You can bring it in here. It's uh, five six stops off of New Jersey Transit. Uh, if you want to Uber here, you should Uber here. If you're going to drink responsibly, you got a parking garage. Yeah, you got a parking garage right across the street. There's the parking on the street. You can't make it any more convenient than this. So we're going to talk to Tim uh, coming up next. A little bit more uh, on the uh, concert season that Wet Ticket is going to have here, some maybe some special things that they're going to be doing, and a lot more. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll be back with Tim Pewitt from Wet Ticket Brewing on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. We're coming to you from Wet Ticket Brewing, my neighborhood brewery located in Rawway, New Jersey. This is the thing that I love about this place. It's literally about seven minutes from my house, which is a good thing and sometimes could be a bad thing. Like, I'm equidistant now between here and Lions Roar Brewing in Westfield, so it's one of those things where I'm like, do I go left or do I go right? Usually, I gravitate down towards Wet Ticket. That's no offense to Lions Roar. They're making some great beer, but I just, the vibe in here is just my kind of speed. Now, co-owner and brewmaster Tim uh, Pewitt joins me again here at the brewery. So, um, first up, aside from the Taste of Paragu- uh, Paradise Mango beer uh, that came out in cans, uh, what beers are you coming up with in the next few months that folks will be wanting a taste of? Very good question. Quite honestly, after getting through the process with the, the mango beer, we're just focused on, you know, our, our core, core beers. We had just come out, uh, geez, I guess that was a few months ago, the Elise, right. which has done very well for us. And the, we're really, really proud of the label. It was done by a lady who I'm friends with. She happens to be one of the managing partners at a place called Wisdom Media. They do a lot of our graphic work, and we just happen to be friends on Facebook. She posted this watercolor, you know, mixed media piece that she did, and I, I just, it just hit me right away, like, oh, my God, this is mesmerizing. And so it really was, in that situation, a case where the, the artwork kind of inspired the beer. So it's, it's fun to be that part of a community that we wouldn't have had if we were in an industrial complex, and that's, that, that's why we really love being here and being part of the raw weight. 
That's a fair point, and I love the fact. First off, the, the, the picture of the woman is beautiful, and then there's some. It looks like flowers, but it's more like it's to me. It's more like starfish. That's what it kind of looks like. It kind of gives me that. And when you look at the uh, the, the can art, it kind of reminds me of a woman on the beach as the sun is kind of setting uh, on a you know on a on a warm summer's day. Not exactly an oppressive hot day, but just a day on the beach where you're having a, a good time. And I love the fact that. The artwork inspired you to make the beer. It's a great beer. I encourage everyone to drink it. It is not a, you know, a nine, ten percent or by any stretch of the imagination. It's dialed right in and around six and a half percent. It's a, it's a great beer. And, you know, you make a great point. It was a question that I had for later in the interview, but I'm going to bring it up now because you, you brought it up. You're talking about focusing on your core beers instead of, you know, putting out the next new beer. Um, an author, uh, wrote an opinion piece on a website, thefullpint.com. And he was in Germany on vacation. or Maybe it was in Germany. Yeah, maybe it was. He was in Cologne. And apparently, um, at the brewery that he was at, they serve one beer. It's a Kolsch beer. And him and his wife, they would drink it. And as they put the glass down, the guy would come out again, boom, put another glass down in front of them. And everybody was drinking the same beer and having a great time. And he, he postulated... Why is it that we have to, every time we go to a brewery, we have to try the, the latest thing? I mean, I do because it's part of my quote-unquote job to do that. But he said, you know, maybe it's time to stop drinking a new beer every week. Go back to the reasons why you, you got into craft beer. It's okay to go to a place and have their IPA or their Pilsner or their, their Stout or, you know, whatever the case may be. If that's their dialed-in beer, it's okay to have more than one of it. And I think that's the thing that brings me back here all the time is the fact that you consistently do really good beers on a, on a regular basis. You know, you run out of a couple here and there, but a lot of the stuff that you do is consistently good, and I think there's something to be said for that. Your opinion? Well, I, I think you kind of nailed the, the way we approach, you know, our business out. We, I see some breweries out there and all the, the kudos in the world to them with all the different hop combinations. I enjoy drinking it, too. It's just not what we do. You know, we, you know we, we, we're launching probably a new beer maybe every quarter, every two months. It just, it just depends on, you know, what we want to do and what we want to drink and what we feel our customers will want to drink. And, you know, quite honestly, the, the beers that we're making, you know, since the beginning, the trolley hopper, you know, the Kolsch, the, you know, the, the watermelon, the, the one-way ticket, they're still selling at the liquor stores, and they're still doing very well. So, you know, that'll change, you know, over time, you know, we'll have to rotate things in and out. That's just the nature of the business. But for right now, you know, we're enjoy, enjoying perfecting our craft. And I did read that article, and, you know, that, that's probably more us. Right. Than some of the other breweries are doing, you know, more beers more often. And I know that Hot Rods and Harleys is happening next month. It's an annual tradition here in Rawway. Tell the folks a little bit about what's going to happen here at the brewery that day. It's a crazy day. It's usually one of our biggest days. They close down Main Street. If, you, if you're coming, you know, try to get here early. They close down Main Street. You will see all kinds of classic cars it is absolutely wild. Not only the the cars and different types of cars that the people are here, you know, walking around. And you know, the doors are usually open. The the brewery, you know, is is wide open. We're right in the, right in the middle of it. So if you if you haven't been to a Hot Rods and Harleys in Rawway, New Jersey, you know, you do want to come experience. They got bands playing at different parts in town. They do. There's a beer truck on another side of town. You know, and of course, our, our doors are open, and uh, it's just a fun day. 
It's just a fun day. That's awesome. We're talking with Tim Pugh, one of the owners and brewmaster of Wet Ticket Brewing, making great beer here out of Rahway, New Jersey. More info at wetticketbrewing.com. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer... Atlantic City Beer and Music Festival coming our way in June. Uh, any thought as to what beers you're going to be bringing down there? I'm not sure. We have an answer, but I think we're going to go with summer beers. So I would definitely think the, you know, the Taste Like the Tropics Mango will be there. I'm also guessing, you know, one of the, one of our newer IPA will bring the Elise, which is really a nice combination. Like I said before, the, the, artwork i just it really inspired the beer where i just like oh my god i have to make a really good beer for this right. so you know went the easy route and threw in some galaxy and some nelson savant and and so uh that'll definitely be there what else i, I couldn't tell you thoughts on the venue change um you know obviously john was in a kind of an impossible position last year so he had to do the he had to you know move the date uh to june and do it outdoors he wanted to do it indoors and you know, the feedback was mostly positive. I mean, some people had some negative, uh, you know, thoughts about it. But uh, he decided, again, let's do it outside. Let's do it in June. We're going to do it at Bader Field. What's your thoughts on the venue change? Did you like the outside or the, or the inside better? I think I, I'm, I try to get down there when I can. But Al uh, Pawalski, my partner, usually leads the wet ticket charge for the Atlantic City Beer Fest. Uh, but he he said he, he's he's enjoyed both ways. He enjoyed the outside. I think there was a little bit of a weather disturbance on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think it was moved back inside. Is that what has happened, or is it outside? No, it, it is outside again. Yeah. I mean, when you have that many people coming, I mean, it's that's it's a challenge. And, and, you know, obviously when you do something outside, you can never predict the weather. And, and that Friday night, that's, that's the night that I was down there. Um, it was just a deluge as we got there and we hit under a tent. And then all of a sudden the rain stopped. A big rainbow appears in the sky. And my best friend and I looked at one another and just went, Oh yeah, it's on. And the weather was perfect. It was a nice breeze. Um, the only thing that I didn't like about the night session was the fact that I thought certain areas weren't well lit where, you needed a little bit more lighting to get out to where the bands were. Um, but otherwise, I thought it was good. Obviously, I heard the issues on Saturday um, were more or less, you know, because of the heat, a lot of people were getting dehydrated. They weren't hydrating enough. Uh, and I know John has corrected those issues. And look, the bottom line is you're going to be at an outdoor event. You have to drink some water at some point and mix it in. You can't go four hours straight drinking beer because, you know, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Um, we're going to run out of time here. And... Um, What's going on here with the 2022 season? I see you got this flyer out here, the wet ticket concerts. Uh, let's chat about that for a minute here. Um, what, what, what's the band that you're looking forward to the most that's going to be here uh, over the course of the summer? Well, the gentleman who actually helps me put this together is the leader of the Rusty Monks, and they'll be playing a, a couple of times. If you have not come out to see the Rusty Monks, I, I promise you it will be the, the best free show you see all summer. It, 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 it's just a rocking band. They do a little jam, but it's bluesy. It's, it's got some Latin influences. It's just a little bit of everything. It's fun. And then also we're going to have a uh, Grateful Dead tribute band in, in July, July 9th. And so I'm a big Grateful Dead fan, so I certainly can't wait, wait for that. But the, the, the great thing about it is, you know, the, that is one tribute band we have. It's really focused on original music. So to have all these folks come in and, and play stuff you have never heard before and be able to, you know, say, oh, geez, I get it. That's a good tune. For the, and when you hear it the first time, that, that's the special part about music for me. Right. 
All right, last question for me. We're running out of time here, but I wanted to get this in, and I thank you, Tim, for having me here at the brewery today to do this. Um, five years of brewing beer, two-year period where for a large part of it, uh, we were all kept away from one another. We've seen a lot of changes all over the beer industry, but I want to keep it to New Jersey for a quick second. Many changes happening through the state legislature. Do you think the changes that are happening are a result of providing to the po- proving to the politicians, uh, forgive me, hey, we can do some good here, making a living and providing the state with much-needed tax revenue? Do you think that the politicians have finally understood what it is to have a brewery in town and, and how it's become this communal meeting place for people? I think, I think they get it, Al, but the, 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 the natural kind of uh, friction has been between, I think, the, the brewery owners and, I don't think it, and, and the restaurant folks where they kind of think that the, the brewery people, and I get it, the, a lot of these people have life savings where these you know, liquor licenses are, you know, can be a million dollars depending on the municipality that they're in. But with that being said, I I think if they look at the model in the most successful states, which you even look around us, like New York and Pennsylvania, you know, those breweries are not only allowed, but they have to I think they're encouraged or have to have food. So, you know, I don't know what the answer is. Uh, I think they've they've made some good steps. There's some great things about the New Jersey brewery laws, the fact that we can self-distribute if we choose. Um, That's a great thing. So, you know, I think all, all change of this magnitude just, just takes time. Understood. Understood. But I'm glad there are good things and there are good politicians that are in office right now that finally get what craft beer is all about. Kudos to Chris Christie for really lo- loosening it up. But I think um, Governor Murphy has moved, moved it forward a little bit here and the, the legislature themselves have moved it forward even further. My guest has been Tim Pewitt. He's one of the owners and brewmaster of Wet Ticket Brewing. They're making great beer out of Rollway, New Jersey. It's an easy ride on the train. You've got two trains. You can take five, six stops and you're here. You can drive here and park right in the parking garage or park on the street if you can find parking. More info about the brewery, wetticketbrewing.com. Uh, Tim, thanks so much uh, for joining me again. Thanks for having me here at the brewery today. It's always nice to be able to sit down at a brewery, have a beer, chat with uh, with a, a good friend, and I consider you a good friend. We've known each other for quite some time, and um, I look forward to having another beer with you again very soon. I, I think we're going to have one now. That sounds like a good idea. I like that. Tim, thanks, my friend. Up next, it's time for Suds and Duds on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. segment of the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Uh, living for tonight, except Metal Heart, uh, an awesome song. Udo Dirkschneider turned 70-something last week, which is, uh, which is pretty wild when you think about it. And, um, you know, I have to apologize uh, for people that are just tuning in. Uh, last week's program, our Suds and Duds segment, was kind of, um, I had to do it out of my man cave because there were some issues uh, with the, um, there were issues with the studio and there may or may not be issues again, uh, this week because, 
Uh, I'm hearing a little something different in my microphone and in my headset that I would normally hear. I'm hoping that that is not the case uh, when uh, the uh, Joe Piscopo in the morning show starts uh, at 6 a.m., but we will see. Uh, you know, I sometimes uh, I sometimes wonder. Folks told me that these technical issues were taken care of, but who knows? Anyway, I digress. Let us get into the uh, the final segment of the program, uh, which is Suds and Duds. For those of you who don't know, I do record this show during the week. Um, sometimes I record the segments in order. Sometimes I record them out of order, um, simply for the fact of timing or whatever the case may be. Um, but uh, let us dive into Suds and Duds. Bunch of beers that I had at Paragon Tap and Table um, a few weeks back, and uh, or a few weeks back, last weekend actually. I was actually uh, solo. My wife was uh, in Pennsylvania with uh, with my father in law, who is not doing well. Um, and uh, anyway, uh, so I went out to dinner and uh, went to my local place, Paragon Tap and Table. And when we get to the end of the Paragon Tap and Table uh, beers, I tell you all about this uh, great. A beer thing that we're going to be doing at Paragon Tap and Table. I can let the cat out of the bag a little bit. Anyway, Lambo, Lambo Door by Grimm. Uh, an excellent double IPA. Great flavor, nice bite, slightly sweet, really good. Mike, uh, uh, one of the um, uh, uh, restaurant managers, uh, turned me on to this one, said it's really good. you got to try it. Uh, and I'm glad that he gave me the recommendation because that's always good for your first beer uh, when you start off. Uh, at any bar, when uh, somebody can recommend something that is really good, you you jump on it. Um, the It's a Me uh, from Source Brewing um, at, on tap at Paragon. A, a fantastic hazy. I really should have bought cans of this beer. This is really my bad. Uh, when it came out last week, um, I kind of passed on it. Um, it, it is, um, I believe the can art is from uh, Mr. Do, the video game. Um, I could be wrong on that one. But I'm pretty sure that that's what it is. This is a great hazy. <laughs> I really should have gotten cans of this. But it was one of those things. I was running all over the place, and I wasn't sure if I was going to get down there. And I know the guys from Source would hold the cans for me. But it was one of those things where I'm like, ah, I just don't feel like making the right to Colts next. Sometimes you just don't feel like driving. And I had to drive to Pennsylvania that weekend, last weekend. So, I, I you know what? My, again, my bad. I shouldn't have skipped it. Anyway. Um, it's a great beer, and if you get the opportunity to have it at, at Source or at Paragon or at anywhere else that it's on tap, trust me, if you like hazy IPAs, you will definitely enjoy that one. Um, and then I had a Broken Compass by Beer Tree Brew. This was a really good hazy IPA. Juicy, really delicious. I, I was, again, another one of those where I was kind of shocked that it was that good, but it was it was delicious, let me tell you. And then I finished it off with a Stone Enjoy by 422. Uh, uh, listen, this is, I mean, they say it was a hazy, but I, I listen, it's, it's hazy in a different way. Um, this is straight up West Coast IPA. Uh, this is not New England by any stretch of the imagination. Maybe this is their version of what a New England hazy uh, should be, but it's got bite. It's got, it's got hoppiness. It's got some dankness to it. And I know 420, I get it. It's a good beer. Um, if you, if you find it somewhere, get it, definitely enjoy it before the 20th. It is definitely something, uh, to take advantage of. Now, here's a beer that I bought that I probably should have gotten another bottle of, but before I get to that, those were the beers that I had at Paragon Tap and Table. Mark your calendars for Thursday, June 16th. We are going to do a beer dinner at Paragon Tap and Table, the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast and Paragon Tap and Table. We're doing a beer dinner. We're not exactly sure if it's going to be three courses or four courses. We're still working those details out. 
um, and we're working out the brewery that's going to be involved in um, in the beer dinner. But it's going to be great. We're keeping it intimate. We're keeping it to about 20 people. We're actually going to have a pair of tickets to give away that you can join us. We'll have more details on that in the coming weeks. Um, but you definitely want to come to this beer dinner. Um, I'm going to be there. I will interview the brewer uh, while we are there or the brewer's rep, whoever. We'd like to have the brewer there, but sometimes it just doesn't work out the way we want it to. Um, but we will um, definitely have an interview there. It's not going to be a live show. We're going to have a nice dinner. We're going to have some great food. Chef Juan makes some fantastic food at Paragon Tap and Table, exit 135, uh, right off the Garden State Parkway in beautiful Clark, New Jersey. And, of course, portions of this program brought to you by Paragon Tap and Table. Um, we are, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a great night. It's summertime. Um, if it's warm enough, maybe we'll have it out on the patio. I don't think so. I think we're going to keep it indoors. It'll be a little bit easier, uh, to hear and what's going on. And usually there's music on Thursday nights and that's out on the patio. So we'll keep it inside. Um, you know, probably start around seven o'clock, either six thirty or seven o'clock. More than likely it's going to be seven. Uh, it'll be about two hours or so. We're going to have a great time. I encourage you to, to, to join us. It's going to be fun. Um, the ticket prices are not quite set yet because we're waiting to see if we're going to do three courses or four courses, but Thursday, June 16th, Paragon Tap and Table, uh, 135 off the Garden State Parkway, right in the Target Shopping Center. You do not want to miss this. We are going to have a great night and get to hang out with me and and some people who enjoy beer and great food. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Monovision by Anchorage Brewing. I had, um, this particular beer in the bottle. Uh, and I should have bought another one. I bought this over at uh, Stockertown Liquors up in Pennsylvania. This is, it, it just, wow. These guys really make some great beer. Uh, a blueberry vanilla sour. I savored every drop of this. I mean, it, it easily just filled up uh, about a, a 12, 13-ounce glass. Um, it was something that I drank over the course of an hour. Um, it is absolutely worth it. If I'm back up there I, and I see another bottle, I am definitely buying another bottle of this. It was absolutely delicious. Fantastic sour. Uh, one of the better ones that I have had in quite some time. I mean, I like my sours, but this is straight up, like, nothing crazy, you know, like, adjunct, blow it over the top, smoothie kind of thing. Straight up blueberry, vanilla, sour, excellent. Fantastic. Great beer. Anchorage Brewing, you are definitely doing something right. I know everybody goes nuts over these guys in, on Tavor and all this other stuff. Boy, am I glad I found it, and um, it, it's a delicious beer. Now, Ultra Trident by Source, this is another great double. Slightly sweet, enjoyable. Um, I got this in a mixed four-pack because uh, I missed out. I think the Ultra Comet was already sold out, and I didn't want to just buy a four-pack of the Trident, so they did a mixed four-pack, and I'm glad I did it. Great beer, really, really nice. I love what they do with this single silo series. It's just awesome how they spotlight a particular hop and really blow it up. Source does a great job at that. It's awesome. Uh, the Crisp by Six Point. Um, the folks over at Six Point sent me uh, some of the Crisp, the Pilsner, and uh, their uh, limited edition uh, Pineapple Resin IPA, which I'll get to in a second. But the Crisp is a solid Pilsner. It is just, it's improved. When I had it a few years ago, I wasn't crazy about it. I am absolutely enjoying it a lot more now. I, I don't know if they've changed or tweaked the recipe up a little bit, but I'll tell you, give me a Pilsner all day, every day, and I am in, uh, I'm in a really good mood. This is a delicious beer. Uh, it's great. Love the slim cans. Love that it's a 12-ounce. That's one of those things where you can just crush uh, over and over and over again. And then finally, I had the pineapple resin. Let me tell you something about this. This is a really smooth 
and dangerous beer with a high ABV. Really nice pineapple flavor. Um, it, it, 9.1%. So it sneaks up on you. It's a delicious beer, and I enjoyed it a lot. But it's one of those ones that if you're going to have it, you've got to be uh, very careful uh, when you're drinking this one because this is uh, definitely a dangerous beer uh, if you're trying to you know, bang one of these back because uh, <laughs> you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Uh, let's put it that way. But uh, delicious, and thank you to the folks. Uh, Jared from uh, Six Point, thanks for sending those beers over. Uh, I really appreciate it. I enjoyed them uh, very much. Folks, we are out of time. My thanks to everyone involved in the show, as well as my guest, Tim Pewitt, the brewmaster and co-owner of Wet Ticket Brewing. If you haven't had a chance to get down there, check them out. They are an awesome brewery in beautiful Rahway, New Jersey. And, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back live on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m., this has been the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Cheers, everybody. <laughs>